welcome to another episode of Black Broadway Podcast. You're here with me, Ainsley, in London. And with me here, Kieran, in Newcastle. Yes, how's it going, Kieran? I'm all right, mash up from work. Um, we have, having like, well, sort of yearly Christmas dinner um, at our flat in a few days' time. Um, so a bit early, isn't it? I think it's when the final weekend everyone was free because you get near Christmas and it was like, oh, we can't do that weekend on holiday or going home, blah, blah, blah. So we went for this one. We wanted to do the weekend after, like um, on Sunday the 12th, we're going for Sunday the 5th. But um, we may have a vegan attending, which is throwing a bit of a spanner in the works because they can bring their own food, can't they? <sighs> Man, we won't do it right. <laughs> when we've done it in the past, it's a case of everyone, um, we so. Obviously, host will do the shopping and all the cooking and everything, and then we just split the shopping bill like equally with the, with the attendees, and everyone just chips in their equal portion. Um, the vegan's a big question mark because it's a friend's girlfriend who we don't really see very often, right? Um, and me and a flatmate, we're, we're actually at this point, we're hoping they just don't come because it's just a bit of uh, inconvenience. I think because yeah. everyone being busy working and stuff, thinking, oh, we need to cook this, we need to cook that, so like, it needs to be enough desserts, enough mains. And then we're thinking, are oh, all these vegan desserts we can see? They're thinking, you know what would make this better? Butter. You know what would make this better? Eggs. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think as a, a budding baker or however one describe myself, I need to get used to these um, vegan and gluten-free baking. It seems to be, well, I wouldn't say it's on the rise. It's a big thing now already. And you need to get the skills where you can make something taste just as good, even if you're sort of um, restricted in what you can or, can or can't put in. Yeah. So it's a it skill for sure. Yeah, it is hard. How are you? I'm fine. You mentioned the 12th of December, which is the mm-hmm. day I'm supposed to see Jesse Ware in concert. Oh, yeah, first... yeah, the one you didn't invite me to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. No, it doesn't happen often anymore, but like, we have a mutual friend who always used to cost me when I, um, when I had tickets to, to an event that I didn't invite them to. And, like, how am I supposed to know that you like the person that you want to go? Like, what am I supposed to do? Can you just ask around, though? Who would but be usually, interested in seeing X, Y, or Z on this day? But you know what you might have, you know what you might have concert to go to? So that's what I went to one in September that you were at. I went to one on the 12th of December, another one on the, um, mm-hmm. on the 16th, and I went to one last week. I guess for this, I think for me though, obviously living up here and people I like don't really come to this part of the country too often. Um, a concert is like a special occasion for me. Obviously, if I lived where you lived, it probably would it'd be quite humdrum, like the normal thing you do. So, yeah. um, having said that, though, the mutual friend you're talking about didn't invite me when they went to a concert to uh, see Ari Lennox. He didn't invite me. They, they didn't knew, invite me. Yeah, yeah, they didn't invite me. After they knew I was a fan as well. Like yeah. we'd spoken about her albums before. And I was like, oh, I just saw the Instagram post. I was like, oh, okay, because I remember that weekend everyone was posting on Instagram about the Ari Lennox concert. Yeah. And then, uh, then I saw this friend's post. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Where's exactly. <laughs> and there was a, there was a big a, a, a big trip that two of you went on that I, that my invite must have got lost in the post for. Oh, to New York. Yes. That was an odd one, just because of uh, you know the some situation. mutual friendships. Uh, had yeah. dwindled somewhat, so it was. <laughs> it did feel like um, like a I don't know, like a, not underhanded, but like um, a clandestine arrangement or something like. So some people are going to find out at some point. So like, if we're going away, I mean, 
it one hundred percent was. It definitely, you know, it definitely was Alexander Stein thing. You had to find out months after this, like basically, like when you had to get in on a plane to go. I was very much in the passenger seat for that whole like. Um, that's my excuse for that whole uh, situation. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, I won't say anything. Um, that's my cop out excuse. <laughs> I mean, well, I'd say because we were part of a, like a five man friendship group, which is not don't no longer exists anymore. In, it's in small fragments. One person was like a proper excommunicated, but they didn't let themselves or anything. So they've they've taken themselves out of the picture. And there's a few. It's like a like we could probably draw a Venn diagram actually of who speaks to whom. Um, <laughs> speaking of concerts. I saw literally a couple of hours ago um, our Birmingham fave Lauren Bula is doing oh, like a yeah. mini tour in March. So we should definitely go to that. I'm assuming it's going to be Shepherd's Bush. She's not coming up here to Newcastle. She's going to Hull though. It's a Hull. I know it's quite a big yeah. student city. I don't really know much about it though. But um, I'd be down for that. I think tickets go on sale this Friday. So I'll go to that. Yeah. Is it, uh, is that Shepherd's Bush or two, which I've been to once uh, to see no name with you? Oh, that concert, yeah. Oh, you're disappointed, but I... I mean, we're, we're always disappointed. One rightfully so. She was, she was disappointing. <laughs> For me, it was just that it was quite short. Um, I didn't have much to say about the concert, but I think I was quite new to her stuff when I, when I, um, when we went. So I was only listening to yeah. like, that first... Um, this is the EP from 2016. It was called Telephone. I just listened to that. Um, but you lot weren't happy at all. For me, it was just, I was just surprised when she's like, oh, thanks, yeah. And she walked off stage and like, oh, is, that, is it finished? Oh, okay. I know. It's about 50 minutes, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing with her, the thing with No Name is that she's got two, what, she's got one EP and one album, so it's not like a huge discography. But if that's the case, then you play all your hits, play every single one of your hits. Why are you leaving any of them out? I don't understand that. Yeah. What so, do you think of that venue, actually? The Shepherd's Bush one? I thought, I thought it was all right. I, th- I, th- I thought you might have been to lots of times with your um, prolific concert going. But yeah, that's the only time I've been to it. Myself. I've only been to... So I've been to Shepherd's Bush Empire twice. One to see her, one to see Georgia Smith. Um, but I know to her a few years ago. There was a time where all of the concerts you've gone to seem to always be in... I mean, in the Roundhouse that's in Camden. And in mm-hmm. Coco, which uh, famously burnt down, but is opening back up again. Oh, Zila played there. That's that's a concert I missed. But yeah, sorry, you were saying. Oh, is it? Um, <laughs> I met someone the other day who went to Azealia Banks, uh, um, the electric um, performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know what at the electric Brixton. Oh, was that where it was? I thought it was O2 Brixton, the electric Brixton. Yeah, because it was, it was a Sunday, and then Coco was the Friday before. So. I had tickets for the Friday, and when I was too ill to make it, in my madness, I thought, you know what, shall I buy another train ticket and another set of concert tickets and go on the Sunday? That's how desperate I was to see it. But I was like, nah, that's just a lot of money. Like, I've already spent so much already. But yeah. it's, um, I'm still good today, Anthony. But let's not get into that, because then we'll, we'll go down another path. Um, I was going to ask you something, it's just gone out of my head. Can't remember. Don't remember. No, no, it was about the concerts that we were talking about. Oh. Is it, oh, sorry, that was it. Yes, you mentioned Georgia Smith. What was she like live? Because I had tickets to see her at O2 Newcastle a few years ago. 
I didn't go in there because I had no one to go with. I was hungover to shit and all that. You know what's bad? Is I lived literally five, ten minute walk away. But it was a Sunday night and I was like, I'm not leaving here. I don't care. And because I, was, I, was, I would have been going by myself. Um, but what, what was she like? I've seen her live once, but I've, I've, I've never been a fan, you know, never. The, um, the concert was, was all right. It was, it was, um, she, sound, she sounded good. I think I quite enjoyed it at the time. I just find her, that her, her music was a bit boring, to be honest with you. Mm. I think it's, like, yeah, very bland, very uninspiring. She does what, think... uh, what, she does what Scissor does, and she doesn't open her mouth fully when she sings, and it pisses me off. Like, you need so. to get over this whole, this whole stuff. I won't. I won't, Ainsley. Scissor <laughs> <laughs> is great. I, I do think she's a great songwriter. I can't, I can't get into this newer kind of R&B sound a lot of the time. Sometimes I can, don't get wrong, sometimes I can. But with Scissor, I can't get into it. I'm going to try this, maybe try this to control again. I think, you know what, we should do another album exchange, whether it's a podcast episode or just us doing an album exchange. But that Control album, I've tried to listen to it a few times, couldn't get into it. Similar with Summer Walker. Um, but I think I should try. Or maybe we should listen to it together once, I don't know. It's so, so bad, I just turned it off after a while. Well, when, I, when I first, first listened to Control, I didn't like it because I couldn't relate to it. It was all mm. about basically just being a side chick, just being like... Yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah, been side chick or being a single woman, obviously like in New York where I think um Caesar is from. I just mm. couldn't relate to it, but uh, like after like two of two more listens, I think it's great. I think he's got some great songs on that album. My favorite is um, Drew Barrymore. Oh, I'm trying to remember how that goes. Um, I can't remember. Am I warm enough for you outside, baby? No. Warm enough outside, inside me. Me, me, me. <laughs> no. We'll do album exchange soon, I think. Or, um, okay. And the most famous one, well, apart from that like, Love Galore and Supermodel mm-hmm. with um... I love that yeah. song, actually. Um, you know, The Weekend. Great song. The lyrics that, that, that song are wild. <laughs> I think it made me sad because I know that it reflects reality a lot, especially our generation, of that love seems to be cheap, um, cheating seems to be commonplace, sort of half expected. And I think there's a sort of cynicism that a lot of people have where they either expect to be cheated on or to do the cheating. In this case of, oh, that's just what it is. And there seems to be, oh, I'm ranting now, but like, I feel like a lot of our generation, there's this kind of feeling of not getting attached, not wanting to look too enthusiastic. And it, and the thing that song really captured all of that, that I don't like, but then it also is a really good song. <clears throat> that's why I was so conflicted when it came out. Like, this is a great tune, but it just made me think of how much I hate dating in, in this day and age. Uh, I'm like 100 years old or anything, but yeah. What my man is my man is your man heard it's her man too. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's so harsh. That's just, it's really cutting. Like it's like it's great lyrics, but it's just unfortunate. I listen to him and it's like, oh no. <laughs> but no, but in in that one, in the weekend, she seemed to be fine with being a side chick. You don't seem to get to have a problem with it. No, no, but it's the thing though. So she's fine with the side chick. So she has this kind of new mentality of she can't, um, she's not going to get attached to people. She 
kind of has like a blunt kind of um, analysis of everything so she gets on with it but it's the woman who's being cheated on you know that that would that would be me i think the one who doesn't know about it the one who sings the scissor is singing to and i'll be one cut up by everyone well, her man doesn't care and the other woman doesn't care They're just like well this is what it is like you know you need to toughen up that's the vibe i get from it um but it's a great song can't lie <laughs> have you ever been a fire chick before no i'm just thinking no, no, I don't, I don't think I've ever met up with anyone in a relationship before. I've spun guys in relationships, um, but never gone through. I think I've only, I've only ever been with single people or people that were dating, but never with anyone. Um, have you never, have you never if, like, if I was, I didn't know about it anyway. Sorry, what were you saying? Have you never had like repeat hookups or repeat meeting with people who are in a relationship? No, they've always been single. Or they've just been mingling as well, single and mingling. Um, if they were in a relationship, I didn't know about it. I'm I'm kind of on the fence. We spoke about open relationships, open relationships a couple of months ago. Um, now, from my perspective, it's when I'm like on the apps, like or well, mainly grinders prefer, it doesn't happen on Tinder so much. Um, but there's lots of people there who just say that they're partners and they're very open about what they're looking for, whether they only play with the partner, or whether they them and the partner go and do stuff separately. Yeah. And I've never, I wouldn't like it. I, I kind of, um, I wouldn't want to feel like I'm playing second fiddle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I kind of feel like I don't want to be here to spice up your relationship. I don't want to be here because you're bored of your partner. Um, because then it just feels, in my head, it feels too transactional, which a lot of, a lot of hookup culture is anyway, but that particularly really irks me. So I've kind of, I've spoken to guys on the outside. I've never gone through meeting anyone. There's a couple here that were trying to meet me for ages. Um, like they're both on Grinder. They used to message me all the time. And I kind of liked the idea after a while, but then I used to look at the Instagram and they did all a couple of things together, like, you know, visiting each other's family, going on country walks with the nieces and nephews and stuff. And thinking, and I would just be their bit on the side. I'm thinking, nah, like I can't do that. I feel it just made me feel even lonelier, I think. That's probably yeah. the main reason why I've, I haven't been a fan of it. Yeah. What have you? Um, I mean, I've hooked up with people before who have been in relationships, but they're the ones who've told me that they've been in open relationships. There was a guy I hooked up with a few times, and he made it like I mean, there was not like there was no feelings like that. So I wasn't going to be like the other woman, so to speak. Mm. But he told me that basically, like him and his partner didn't have sex anymore. And he basically gave him permission to have sex with whoever he wanted to. And so mm. I did that for like a, a few times. But I've never like, I've never, I've never been like the side chick necessarily. So I've never been, um, or and at least knowingly, yeah, like having sex with someone <laughs> like, like, so I'm just cheating on their partners. But obviously like people tell you anything, don't they? They can say anything to you, but you never know. Well, this, is, this is the thing I remember, one time, particularly years ago, when, when I was um, I lived in France for a short period of time, and one dude, so he was in a relationship, but it was he was on the app like discreetly, had no pictures or anything, and he said, you know, um, I've got a boyfriend, I'm still in here to say anything. And I think when when guys are like that, when it's when they're not over a relationship and they're just doing something on the side without the boyfriend's knowledge, and I think I must have been sold. I can't remember what I said. It wasn't scumbag, but it was something in that kind of vein. Because I was just basically like, well, if you're, if you're with your partner, you shouldn't be sneaking around on, on these apps, and should you? 
yeah. and got into an argument with me. He was saying, oh, he goes, oh, half the guys in here are partners, blah, blah, blah. I think he thought I was living in like a sort of fairy tale land. I was like, no, it's just about having values. I think, I think if you're going to say with your partner, we're open and that nullifies everything. But if you're actually with them and you're sneaking behind their back, but I, I just, the internet gives the impression that it's very common though. Um, and I find that scary, but you just never know. Like you can't do a survey of every single person um, in the gay community and, and, and say, oh, who cheats, who doesn't cheat. But it seems to be a, a, a big deal. Obviously, not just for gay people, obviously, but yeah, yeah. So, um, if I got cheated on, I'd be devastated. Yeah, unless I didn't care about my other half, but <laughs> it can't be a nice feeling. Have you ever been cheated on? Have you? I don't think so. No, if I've ever been cheated on, then I it, it, it was never brought to my attention. And no, yeah, uh, it would destroy me, I think. And that's when, um, you know. <sighs> Um, just scared what I might do in, in retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> I've said to you, to you and um, and our mutual friend before, like I'd, I've got a proper psycho streak in me because I haven't been like a proper relationship. It hasn't quite been. Um, okay. You say you've got all oh, right. So you say you've got this psycho streak in you, <laughs> but like, what is making you say this? Like, has there been any evidence of this before? It's when I've been talking to guys and it's fizzled out. So we weren't in a relationship, but things went bad. So one dude, I think, I don't think I've told you about it, but I'm not going to say so many details just in case it falls into the wrong ears, but um, it was like a little like summer fling or whatever. And he went back to you in the end of it. And I don't know, like I, we had like banter a lot of the time. That was like how we kind of communicated. But you know when it's very close to the edge both ways and you think, you know, is this just like like, you know, harmless banter, or is it a case of we're just sort of insulting each other under a very thin veil of banter? So I guess there was an element of sort of toxicity to the um, relationship, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the end of it, I think I just basically told him, that, you know, just not, not speak to me again, leave me alone, I don't want to talk to him anymore, which was very bad of me because I just, I, he didn't really have a, an inkling that that was coming. So that, that hurt him. Then he sent me a really, really massive rant, just basically reading me for filth. And a lot of it was very accurate. Um, what did he say? Um, huh? What did he say? Um, <laughs> I asked him in details. Well, he said um, he said I had deep-seated uh, self-loathing um, <laughs> that I couldn't take a joke. Um, what else did he say? That you know, if I communicated my issues to him previously, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, he hoped in time to realise that I've, that he's that I've lost someone that actually gave a shit about him, that gave a shit about me as well. Um, like I said, a lot, of, like eighty percent of it was quite accurate. I was like, wow. You know, it was even more fucked up painting. Like when he had this massive rant, which was true and also quite offensive, what he was saying, I was kind of turned on as well. But it was very much like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean turned on? The last sentence was have a nice life that he sent to me. So it was very much like the doors closed. And I didn't care too much at the time. I thought, shall I respond? Shall I not respond? And I didn't say anything yet. And in typical me fashion, about six months later, <clears throat> I started hankering after him again. I was like, oh God, what have I done? Like, I've really missed the opportunity there because I really like this guy. So I messaged him. <laughs> yeah. So he blocked me on he blocked me on Snapchat, but not on WhatsApp. So I kept thinking, well, he's not blocked me on WhatsApp. That's where we, that's where we usually talk. Like. <clears throat> I might as well try. So I messaged, um, asked him how he was, how he was, and I gave like a really, a really shitty apology. 
And then what did he respond? He goes, oh, I appreciate your apology. And then he said, I'm not sure why you've messaged me. If it was to apologize, that's fine. But if it was to try and talk and be friends again, then I'm sorry, I wouldn't be interested. But I do wish you all the best for the future. <laughs> but no, uh, no shade, but it's good on him. I think so. I think so yeah. as well. Yeah, he, can, uh, he, he respects himself. Oh, sure. No, I said afterwards as well. I said, I said that's fair enough. Well, I think he's obviously, I, was, I made it clear that I was, well, not disappointed. I can't be disappointed in him. It was my fault at the end of the day. I made it clear that I was sad, but I said to him that I couldn't really excuse what I'd done. So I was just like, I, I said to him something like, oh, if you change your mind, or if you happen to change your mind, I'm here or whatever. But I know he's not going to say anything. This, mate, this finished, this was like three and a half years ago. And still from time to time, he crosses my mind. That's when I think, oh, you really made a mistake there. Man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just take the L and just move on, but it's it's tricky, man. But I think from what he's now you said before that you know that I took his friendship for granted, which is true. So one positive of it is that I've always been mindful of that going forward, whether it's just friends or like just platonic friends or people that I'm like, you know, friends with benefits. I just make sure that I'm, you know, making sure it's balanced, that I'm not telling people all my problems and stuff and, and demanding their time and whatnot, but not giving them much back. So yeah. it made me aware of that. So it, yeah. I think it was helpful. Um, it's a lesson learned, I think, genuinely. So you know what I'm like, a lot of time I don't learn lessons, I just repeat mistakes. But in that situation, when I was you know, told about myself, told what the time was, as you would say, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I think I feel I've actually taken it in my stride. So um, yeah, just a bit sad though, really. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it really fucked up things. I found him more attractive when he was like just talking shit to me and just telling me about myself and being angry. I was like, oh, wow. Wow, I was getting hot and bothered. Like. The things that you come out with in the past, that honestly, like that doesn't surprise me. I don't think that's even the top five wildest things that you said. <laughs> I think the masochistic thing. It must just be that. I think. Um, what is? No, but to be fair, people, people, people are more attractive when they're passionate. Whether that's a like good passion or bad passion, so just being angry. I would say I very, very rarely get angry. Hmm. I like never, never lose my temper. Like never. I think we're the same in that respect. I get irritated a lot, and I snap. But actual rage, um, I'm a bit, do- I'm a bit too docile. But I'm trying to think. That's when I was actually really angry. Mm, it's like a few months ago, but before, but again, it's not something that happens once every few years. But like fuming, like, and I think it's because I'm quite reserved. Because you know, you know, when you see. You've seen in maybe in a fast food restaurant or on public transport, people are proper like pissed off. I think that's because it goes hand in hand with them having fewer inhibitions as well. So even if I feel like really intense rage inside, yeah. it doesn't really translate into outbursts. And sometimes I wish it would. Um, <laughs> because, you know, when they say like, you know, if you're sort of too nice and too kind, people kind of take advantage of an idiot. Yeah. yeah. I'm if you're, still if you're, trying to... I'm still trying mm-hmm. to work out this the cycle street, to be honest with you. Oh, I think it was just me like messaging him after after things had finished and sort of missing him. That's not thinking. that's not a cycle street. That is not that what that is. That that sounds like you being lonely. No, no, no. I'm trying to think. You know what? No, you're right because you, you asked about the cycle street, but I just I just veered off into a different angle. So no, you're right. That isn't cycle street. What's the other one? I'm trying to think. So, like, I've seen glimpses of it. I've, the other one I've already spoken about on the podcast in the past before. Like, you know, the French dude, the prostitute. It was him, really. What prostitute? Um, what? 
I've told you about this time. Like, the amount of stories I repeat to you, I always forget what I've said, and then you're like, you told me this before. <laughs> no, no, what you do, no, stories like this, you don't say, you'll set your start, and then you, and you, then you won't continue them. But the same, old, the, the same old stories, the one where, oh, someone out, someone at work, um, to box someone down, you, you say it all the time. <laughs> oh, that one! No, I'm telling time. I feel like to the mic out of me because I keep, <laughs> I keep repeating it. And then that was so eye-opening because I forgot I said it before. And everyone looked at each other and said, "Oh, here we go again." I was like, "Wow!" Like you look, and I said this earlier. Like you were already like exasperated by me repeating the same stories. Now the um, now the French prostitute. I'm sure I've told you about this before. This is when I, it wasn't when I lived in France. Well, no, it was actually. So I met him on holiday before I moved there for a bit, a bit. and then. I met up with him once I'd moved there. And to cut a long story short, he had just he'd broken up with out of a long-term relationship. So it was kind of like a rebound, but he said, Oh, you're not a rebound, you're not a rebound. I just didn't expect to meet someone I really liked so soon, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we were talk, we had like a sort of again, a holiday fling. I went home, then I moved to France in a different part of the country to where he lives, lives, lived. And then I moved, well, not moved, I went to visit him like in, in October. This is like maybe four months after I first spoke to him. I went to go and see him. I was like, oh, I'm in France now, let me go travel. So for context, I travelled from uh, from Alva, which is near Amiens in France, down to Bordeaux. Now I was, where I lived, where I lived, I was close to my home in Birmingham, then I was the way he lived in France. Um, that's how far I travelled to see him. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, so we've spoken on Skype and everything, I'd arranged tickets, I was going to stay at his for the weekend, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I turned up there, he met me, like, you know, we, he met me, like, at the station, and I had my, my suitcase, and we went for food and stuff. But you know when you get this feeling that you're kind of you're inconveniencing someone, like, they've got things to do? Yeah. I was getting that vibe, and I kept thinking, like, you know, we've planned this for the past few weeks, like, I feel like I'm a bit in the way. And then within the first few hours of his meeting, we were, like, sitting, having some food, he told me that he'd recently met someone and that it was looked like it was getting serious. And so I was like, well... I've travelled to see you, obviously, because, you know, we connected in summer or whatever. If you met someone in serious, why didn't you just tell me? Because I wouldn't have travelled all this way if you already yeah. had met somebody else. So he's like, he just tried to friend zone me on the spot after we'd been talking all summer, after we'd already hooked up, like, before then as well. So Amphil was pissed. I remember he went off to meet the guy and he said, oh, I think that essentially the guy was going to, like, be hanging around with us and thinking, I've not travelled to the other side of the country to be some third wheel. For the weekend, yeah. was that's I think that's one of the few times I was genuinely like livid. Um, but you know, it takes you a while to process because he was quite slick and quite gaslighting, yeah. So I was saying, Oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Then he went off to go and meet the dude, and I would, I was just at his flat chilling. Um, and I was just thinking about it more and more. I was thinking, Man, this guy's taking me for a muppet. I was like, Oh my god, and I was thinking about it more and more. And I, just, I picked my suitcase and just, I just left, and then I went and stayed in the hotel, and then I um. I went home the next day, like early, but then he was messaging me on, on the night that I, I just like just left. Didn't say anything either. I just literally got my suitcase and left. So he went back to the flat. And he, was, he was texting me for hours, like, "Where are you? Where are you?" We're really worried. Like saying "we" as well, because obviously the other dude was now with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've never felt so like like worthless in my life. I don't know, but it, it just it just made me feel like um, I was putting too much on a potential relationship or too much pressure on that. But we were arguing via Skype. I don't know, well, not, not like video call, but I went by like um, text chat for ages and ages. 
and he's proper gaslighting, but Ainsworth was just fuming, absolutely fuming. And obviously, yeah. he didn't do anything because we were just talking by text. But that's when, that's when like, I felt so angry. I kept thinking, if we were face to face, like, I don't know what would happen right now. I've never felt like this in my life, ever. Yeah. Um, I don't think it scared me, but, it's, but it just, you know, you know, these things kind of make you learn things about yourself. But that's when I kind of thought, oh, you know, this, we're not even together and I'm this pissed off already. That's when I kept thinking, oh, yeah, there's a psycho streak there, definitely. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't use the term like, all frivolously, but I think it just, it just made me realise that it's not a case of, oh, I'm, I have a calm temper. It's just that people haven't pissed me off to the point where I would have to be really angry that often in life. Yeah. Um, but that was horrible, Ains. It was really horrible. Um, yeah. And just like the gaslighting and everything. And I was 24 at the time, so I was, you know, you're not, not a kid at 24, you're still young, but I was, I was, I was like, a, I was a few years behind people in maturity, like just a bit innocent and stuff. Um, yeah. If that happened now, it would be different, but back then I was just like, I'm protected for absolute muppet. Like, um, I don't think that yeah. at all, I don't, from the way you described it, I don't think the emotions that you felt were unwarranted. Oh, like, man, yeah. So when, when I said, like, quote unquote, having a psycho streak, I'm thinking of like, you know, like Monica's so gone when she's like driving past, driving past his house every night in an unmarked car. That's what I mean as well. That's like Psycho Street. But it's not gotten to the point where I've had to, you know, act out, but I just know it's there though. <laughs> it's not a case of me, it's not, it's not me fantasizing in my head. It's a case of, you know, if it came to it, this is what would be happening. Um, yeah. For sure. But I think as Fair well, enough. like uh, maybe things are a bit different in America, but in like here and obviously to a, a lot of our European counterparts to some, to some point it's all very indirect all very passive aggressive so it doesn't come very often where you you have like a sort of clear-cut reason to like really flare up because everything's done very underhand um but I just I just know it's there ain't it? like um fair enough you need to trust me on this one fair enough I mean I hope I never see it to be honest with you <laughs> oh we'll have to see anyway also, one thing one thing about you is that um, you know how to um, how to stalk people online. <laughs> if it ever need oh, to go, to, if it ever need need a CRB check on anybody, I'm going to you for it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, I don't even think I'm, I'm particularly skilled. It's just you just have to think outside the box sometimes. Um, and I think a lot of people do it, but they just don't say it because they don't want to be seen to be weird. Um, but those people must do it. I had, um, I didn't use Facebook properly from about 2012, but I had an empty account for ages just because it'd be useful if you meet people. What I used to use it for a lot of the time was if I'd met someone in real life and I couldn't work out what team they were on, I'd just seem to comply the socials just to try and clear it. Um, yeah. It happened to get at work recently, Ainsley. No, the whole, um, with someone, you don't know whether they are or aren't. And then yeah. you think, mm, I don't want to do too much. And then I found the Instagram, but it was like a closed profile. Um, but then they changed their profile picture a few years later. They had a girl in it. I think, ah, oh, I was probably reading the signs wrong. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But rather than kind of linger on it, I thought, okay, just draw a line on that and just keep, keep it moving. Um, but you need these stalking skills, though, because it's just, it's, just, it's just doing a background check on people, I think. I don't, I don't think as well, if they put it out there on the internet, then I don't feel guilty about finding it. If yeah. You don't want people to see it, then don't put it out there. I don't think I've ever done that before, you know. I don't think, really? yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever done, I've never done a CRB on anybody that I've dated or that I've been interested in. 
Mm. I, I just feel um, like their past did their past, didn't it? Oh, um, I don't know about that though. Um, <laughs> so I think I, I showed you that one dude. I think in both welcome to him. He's based somewhere in the north. Um, I won't say too much in case people are identifying by descriptions, but he had like a string of exes, and they were all black, like all of them. I'm not I exactly the person you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the first time I saw him was when I just moved up here in 2017. And I was like, it literally was like, get out. Um, if you went on Instagram. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> yeah. it, no, it did, though. You know, when um, I've only watched it once in cinema, but there's a scene when he finds um, a little photo album of his girlfriend. Yeah, and all the all part of the black, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's why I thought it was funny, because Get Out came out in, I want to say, I want to say 2017. Yeah, 2016 maybe, but it wasn't yeah. that long before I came across this guy's Instagram profile. Um, so I was shocked. I was like, "This is this is a real life get out story." But then the only the only kind of um, saving grace he had was that I asked him, you know, what race he was because he, he looked very ambiguous. But he basically said he doesn't know because he's adopted and he's never seen his natural born mother. So he's very light, but yeah, he looks like he's sort of has a mix of ethnicities. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, thought, oh, maybe it's not so bad. I'm like, I think, yeah, but you don't look black in any way, like maybe like a tiny bit. So it's still a bit weird, I think. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, you set the gym a lot. Um, and you know what made me <clears throat> why it stood out even more because he was in his 30s, but he was still like proper obsessed with the gym, which obviously I know you can do that, you can do that at any age, but in general, when people are on the diet and stuff, um, and a proper gym body, it tends to be 20s, I think. Um, or maybe, maybe sometimes it's early 30s, but. I can think you're posting a few mini topless selfies for someone your age, I thought. Because um, I associate that with like being young and sort of carefree and stuff. <clears throat> yeah. He had like an established career and everything, and he was a bit older. And I can think if you still be doing those things now, that's usually a turn off for me. I mean, it's a turn off anyway, but when you're a bit older and still doing it. Yeah. Think, What's going on here? I think I think he had Peter Pan syndrome anyway. Um, I have it. Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. As in, sort of wanting to be young forever, wanting to party forever, never wanting to like sort of truly grow up. Um, I have it to some extent for sure, but okay. I think there's the difference between sort of remaining young at heart. That's fine, but when you kind of want to still be young, things you know, always want to be seen a certain way, always want a perfect body, always taking lots of selfies, always want to party, all those kind of things, and that's when it's kind of a bit like, well, you know. Like a club and all the time when you're in your thirties, it's don't you get a bit bored, surely? It's not it's not about going out, it's about going to certain environments, like you know, that kind of heavy club environment, like when you're much older. I just think it's a bit weird, to be honest. Everyone can, you know, it's free country, people can do what they want, but for me, I, I do think it's a bit odder when you're a bit older and, and still sort of clubbing every Saturday night. That's yeah. What you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to stigmatise people who are, like, in their 30s and want to go out clubbing. I don't think there's an, I don't think there's an issue with that, to be honest with you. No, I mean, it was every week. I mean... No, but I guess, like, what I, mean, go, I still go out. It's, it's, not, it's not going out full stop. It's the case of even doing... If that's, you know, what your life is revolving around. So now, I'm, yeah, I guess so. Like, in my 30s, like, there's just not enough time. Like, one thing mm. I've realised is that you have to, like... Schedule in, like schedule in time to see people now. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you can't just make up as you go along because everyone's everyone's either married, or getting partners, or buying houses, moving around all the time, and and having the everyone's same kind busy. of work, like, yeah, everyone's doing their own thing. Work-life balance struggles for sure. 
Um, and I think the longer I remain single, the more I notice it as well. So yeah. You look around thinking, oh, they're settling down, and they're settling down, and they're settling down. I mean, I'm not settling down for any, well, any time soon, I don't think. Settle down for me means staying in the same place as in not moving anywhere, either buying property or getting one place to live very long term and having one partner and, and say, oh, this is me now. But I, I find that terrifying. I really do. But I feel like the people that the people that you say that are all like buying houses and getting mad and stuff, I assume not straight people. Oh yeah, for the most part. Not just, but for the most part. Because I feel like it, I mean, obviously, like straight people have like their own, they have like a trajectory on the way their life should go. Like, what you um, go to school, you go to university, you find your partner, you get married, you buy a house, you have children, you go on holiday, and then you die. And life insurance, yeah, it's just yeah, you get life insurance and and get a pension, and and then and then at the end of your days, so depressing. I don't know why you'd want to bring children into this, you know, world, face all the sustainability issues. And too much social media and too much time spent in front of screens. Um, nah. You wouldn't <laughs> want to have a child? No. I think I've told you before, I, would, I wouldn't mind adopting if I'm a bit more financially secure in the future. Um, yeah. I've never wanted my own children. I don't know. It's hard for me to say how much of that is influenced by the fact that I'm gay. But if I was straight, though, I'd, I don't see why I'd be that much different, though. I don't know. It's, it's, I can't really hypothesize because I'd be a different person, wouldn't I? So I can't really say. We've spoken about this before on a podcast, but I can't, I can't remember if you have. We definitely spoke about it in private before, but I'm not sure if it's on the uh, if if I have on a podcast. I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it now. There's no, no reason why. Well, I only say that because I, I don't want to, I don't want to keep going over old ground. But I do want to have a child at some point. I'd say maybe not for the next few years, but like adopting would be fine. But I think. Because of the you are person, you have like four siblings, they already have children, the whole family legacy is, is carrying on. So I feel like you don't have to worry about that as much, but I am the only child. I wouldn't be so sure, though, you know, no, what you're saying is true, but out of them, <clears throat> out of my four siblings, one has a daughter, and I think it's safe to say he's not having any more children. His daughter's, well, she's 18, my niece is um, nearly 19. And he had a, well, like when he was really young, he's, and he's like, I don't want any more children, which is fine. And then my other brother has one daughter, and I think he might want another child. But then if he doesn't have a son, then there's that, that that's not getting passed on either. The other two brothers don't think I'm having children either. But um, it's, it's funny, because we're all like boys in like this line of the family tree. But so far, the, 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 the next line's all been girls so far. It's actually yeah. <laughs> ironic. Um, why does he have to be a no, boy? Why just have a boy? Oh, I mean, well, typically, like, you know, the name or whatever, like, your surname's passed down. I don't, oh, know, right. I don't know how important it is to other people. I mean, obviously, the name, my surname is, you know, it's a fucking slave surname anyway, so I'm not that pissed about it. But it's true, though. I mean, I like how it sounds, obviously, but um, it's not... Um, like, if someone sees my name on a piece of paper, they wouldn't know what my background is. Right. and which can be a good thing or a bad thing depending on we've all had this conversation about cvs and stuff haven't you but my name looks very english on paper like um, yeah um, that's been discussed though you must have seen that twitter that's been discussed loads when people talk about sort of cv discrimination or um how to sort of filter candidates should, should they just be given a number instead 
because people can have conscious and unconscious bias when they're sort of um, recruiting mm. and see a name mm-hmm. on a piece of paper. But mine, there is a certain, um, I fucking hate the word privilege, but there is a certain privilege of having like a very Western sounding name, I think. Yeah. Um, it's people, you know, who might be suffering, suffering from a lot of unconscious bias, they'll see your name and they'll, they'll make some assumptions if, if it's like a Western, if it's a Western name, they'll think, oh yeah, he's, he's kind of like us already. Whereas if you are yeah. from a different country, they might sort of have a barrier up already. Um, yeah, I agree. I feel, a bit, I feel a bit weird about that though. Your name is, uh, <laughs> so the thing is right, your name makes me laugh because it's obviously it's all like Western names, but I would know you were black, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I'd never met you before. Like, just from the start, I was like, yeah, black. I'm from West, from West Indies. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, without a doubt, like, it just makes me laugh. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But um, there are Ainsley's, I mean, Ainsley's not a common name, certainly not common in the UK. There are Ainsley's who are like girls in the US. Um, what? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I think in the US it's more common as a girl's name than a boy's name. But like I've in the UK. Mm-hmm. So go on. I've seen a few Kirins. I know Kirin, obviously, Asian um, lady's name. Seen, I've met a few Kirins, but like I've seen one two Kirins, like spelled the exact same as me, but with girls as well. I'm thinking, what are you doing, man? Go away. <laughs> I, I, in general, I don't like people come across people with the same name as me, but my name is. I think it's my name is right. There's quite a few black Kirins I met growing up, but in general, mm. it's quite a sort of working class white name. I want to thought yeah. of as well. There aren't that many famous Kirins about either. Um, I thought Kieran Dyer growing up, the footballer. Apart from yeah. that. It's a common name, but I couldn't think of any like, sort of big celebrities who had that name. Um, There's um, Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin. Why does that ring about who's that again? Oh, you're not with um, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Oh, okay. I'm not really counting that. If you, what, is, he, is he famous in his own right? Or is he He's in movies, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll just put his name into Twitter. I've not heard of him actually. Hmm. But yeah, sorry. Let's get something from the phone now. What were we talking about before? Oh, sorry. Um, well, we were talking about um, if you want to have children or not. So yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I will. I definitely um, want to adopt. After we did that episode with um, Leon, Leon Winnan. And obviously he was saying that, like, black boys in particular are basically, like, they don't get adopted. Yeah, they just get left. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, that, so that, stuck, that stuck in my mind, like, quite a bit, that if I want to have a child and if I'm going to adopt, then I'm going to adopt a black boy. Mm. But like, in my mind, if I would have chosen, I probably would have chosen to have a girl, to be honest with you. Um, Only because yeah. I feel like there's so much, like, so much... Uh, discrimi- gender discrimination and like which child you want to have mm-hmm. and I like um, I was all joking that I want to like uh, raise my own Serena Williams or Venus or Serena <laughs> I'm going to watch it <laughs> later actually that King Richard film I want to watch it at the weekend yeah I wasn't but, even um, I wasn't on my radar but yeah um, I haven't looked into statistics myself on adoption but I just know it's true I don't know. I don't know. It's the like I see people talk about yeah. this for all the time. No, when 
because um, obviously age is one factor, but then also sort of your background as well. Yeah. Um, I feel like if there's a black boy and he's five or six years old, I just don't think he's getting adopted. So if I have the yeah. means to, I would adopt, I would adopt a black boy. And I couldn't like I couldn't think, like, I couldn't be in the adoption process and look at a look at a, a, a black boy who could have been me, who could look like me and just like want to like just like discard them for somebody else. Yeah. I think I'd want a son to be fair. I don't have a massive strong preference either way, but I think I would want a son. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I would. <laughs> I wanted a girl. Yeah. But also, another thing with adoption is I, I wouldn't necessarily want someone that's really young either because everyone thinks they want to like mold, mold someone in their image or whatever, or yeah. to raise them, blah, blah, blah. But like, what's wrong with adopting a nine year old or someone that's 12 or something? Like, yeah. So I thought at that point, I'm, um, you know, you're more of a, I'd never think, oh, I'm a parent straight away. That might come later down the line if you have a connection and you grow close. I'd be like, I'm a guardian or I'm their carer, as it were. Um, yeah, but it's, it's going to be hard, isn't carer, it? Half friend. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. What, what? In case they turn around, like, you're not real dad, like, when they're vexed one day, when they're a teenager and arguing with you. That's yeah. what happens. Or, like, if you, you see that typically happen, it happens on soap operas and stuff when someone will come out with a comment like that. Um, mm-hmm. And the parents like bond and they cut up because the child said that to them. Thinking, we're not the parent, no. Um, well, they, they are their they are their parent. They're not their biological parent. I think that's the thing, yeah. But that's what they mean, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, no, it's a lot. I was gonna say it's a it's it is a hard one, and like I'm not gonna lie, like I would like to have my own biological child, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. And I'd be, I'd be like, I'm happy having, I'm happy having as ad- adopting children. I'm really happy to do that. I want to do that. In fact, I don't know. Like I said, it just, uh, I feel a lot of responsibility as an only child. Mm. That's just why I always say people, I'd always tell people, just never have just one child. I think it's just detrimental. I think it's detrimental to that child on to have one. I definitely think it is as well. So it's strange with yourself and your cousins, like. You kind of, in my head, you're not fully in the only child bracket because you all are the same age and you obviously saw each other all the time. It's not, you, yeah. not, you're not like me and my cousin go see each other like twice, twice every decade or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it literally, it literally, that is actually the frequency. I'm not even exaggerating. Um, yeah. But because it's like you, the kids can be lonely growing up, and even if they've got, yeah. even if they have lots of friends around them, um, they're just by themselves. And I think being from such a big household, the concept of not having, you know, people the same agency. Because as well, like, you know, if you have an argument with your parents, like, you, you want people to back you up as well, like, super yeah. you to, like, that on your side, rather than just yeah. you and your parents. Like. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so, through being an only child and living two parents in the house, what happened was that, like, when they were disagreeing, I would be in the middle. Oh, Wow. And um and like even now as an adult, like I can't like I can't um like say one thing to one parent without saying telling it to the other parents. But like one will get in their feelings or get upset. So like if even That's if I have thing, like, like picking sides, yeah. Yeah, even if I have like one piece of news to like say, let's say, I don't know, I won I won twenty pounds. I'd have to tell each one separately. Oh, you know, that does happen actually. Um with me. Um, because they feel like, oh, why was why was so and so told and I wasn't told? Um, yeah, 
I don't like I don't know like looks like you're picking sides or I've had that before but it's been more like of a banter thing if we've um if the parents have been bickering and you kind of you, you make any kind of small comment which sounds like being more towards one than the other the other one pounces on you but it's never been yeah. anything sort of serious it's more for like sort of frivolous discussions and stuff like that um yeah but there was one instance actually <laughs> I can't I might have told you I can't remember but obviously my mum was the only woman in the house um because only got brothers I think sometimes sometimes she would be lacking like sort of female companionship for sure. There was one time we were like, there's like jokes flying around the dinner table as usual. And I think someone made one too many jokes at her expense. And she just says, all the men in this house are bastards. And she got up and left the dinner table and just silence in the room. (laughs) 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 Uh, Obviously my parents never swear either. So if they do, it was a big deal. Um, yeah, but she said it and forgot and left the table. Oh, I think Lord. I, I must have probably I was probably with teams, but I think I, it made me empathize with it. Actually, it must be quite difficult actually for being her. Um, it's different now because she's got she's obviously got two grandchildren who are, who are girls, um, mm-hmm. and obviously um, daughters in law as well. Um, but growing up, it must have been tricky. Just just mm-hmm. her. I mean, she's she's got bare sisters. Don't get me wrong, but just in the house, like seven people, so six guys and one woman. Like, it's yeah, got <laughs> her life. Yeah, long suffering like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were born, man, it's like again. Yeah, I exactly. a... <laughs> again, <laughs> a fucking again. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I think um, I don't know if they ever wanted to know. I don't think they need, they wanted to know the sex before. Like these days, everyone seems to just want to know if it's a boy or a girl. Um, yeah. But I don't think my parents. I might ask them actually when I see them at Christmas. I don't think I don't know if they knew that. Obviously, they knew when they had twins because I had brother one and brother two, and then when they had the twins, um, I think my mum would be talking to her grandma. Mum would be talking to her mum, my grandma, and she's saying it's quite a rough pregnancy, blah blah, blah and it's different this time. And the grandma was like, "Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know." I think my grandma made a comment saying, "Oh, you sure it's not twins you've got inside there?" And then when she, when she reached whatever term, whatever point in the pregnancy where you can find out what the sex is or you can hear there's two heartbeats she was like oh, I can't believe it I've actually got twins um they did want a girl though I think then after me I think they gave up um yeah I, I, I would I, I don't know why the song yeah it's like <laughs> no they tried they tried and they tried the best it's like surely surely you have an accident hmm? me no I wasn't I don't know you're planned I might ask them actually. I think I'm old enough now where it wouldn't offend me because, like I say, there's exactly 54 weeks between me and the twins. So I worked it out once. I think I probably like as a teenager and worked out. I think it's a very fast turnaround, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's true because I would have had they would have had the twins, and then three months later, my mom would have been pregnant again. Like, mm. Bloody hell! Just, well, apparently, when you when you when you've just had a baby, <laughs> when you're the most fertile, apparently. Yes, yeah, yeah, just back to back of it. So. <laughs> I, I think that's the way to do it, to be honest with you. Just have all the children one time. Why are you spacing them out all these mm. all these years for? No, no, I think, um, you know, it's funny, I was talking to people at work about this a few days ago. Because even though it's going to be rough because you've got lots of kids at one go, like lots of like infants, sorry. Because someone said, um, no, no, they used to say my parents did, and that when, when we were children, so it'd be the twins and me, Obviously, we're all infants at the same time because only a year between us. And sometimes, you know, they'd have one auntie would be cradling one in the hand, and then she'd be with her foot, she'd be rocking like the um, 
yeah, little push chair as well. Yeah, like multitasking all the time. Like I have three screaming kids at the same time. Uh, yeah, at least get it out of the way, then rather than repeat the process every few years because that would do. Yeah, right. exactly. Look, yeah. Thing, I'm not doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's inefficient, if anything. Yeah. When you were born with the over two twins, uh, there must have been a nightmare. It must have been a nightmare. It's, it's pure noise, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that, and obviously, one, one, when I think of what I can actually remember, that's probably from like four years old and, and older. Um, and we were always bickering. The other twins were me. It was either me and one of the twins. Sorry, no, it was me versus the twins, or me and one of the twins versus the other twin. Like just any kind of combination. Just always fights. Always bickering. Oh God, um, yeah, yeah. Was, like also, I, I still think we're fairly because we don't speak loads and loads, but we're still quite close. So like when we do talk, there's no kind of awkwardness. It's like it's like no no times passed or anything. Yeah. Um, and I'm closer to them than I am to the eldest two. I'm um, just because we're in, we're in two sort of age groups, as it were, two batches. Yeah. I can imagine. No, I I can get that. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be interesting. Oh, speaking of, I just thought of Christmas actually. Do you think we're gonna have? See, you're going to go home anyway, aren't you? But I was thinking, is it going to be another lockdown Christmas because of this new strain of Corona? I'm, I'm going what, lockdown, lockdown Christmas, do whatever. I'm going home. <laughs> lockdown which part? <laughs> <laughs> now I was um, like last year. I was too well. It didn't seem right to go home last year just because there were so many half the family were coming from London and they they weren't going to go anyway. I was thinking, what's the point of me just going like and having half the family yeah. there? I think I'd rather have all of us meet up together properly. And we did that in um, August Mount Holiday Gone. Um, but I'll see. But I don't know if I'm doing another Christmas in Newcastle, but it is what it is. I'm not even fussed at this point. I know I'm going to see them soon anyway. So yeah. yeah. We'll see. Well, I'm going home. I don't know what anybody else has done. Yeah. They ain't no, like, because last time I did go back home for Christmas, but I felt awful about it. Especially like a lot of my friends stayed in um, in London. Yeah, that was weighing on my conscience. Well. Yeah, but um, this year I'm gonna go back. I don't, feel, I don't feel no way about it. I think a lot of people in that boat, though, even people who, well, everyone really. I think people who went home for Christmas last year will still feel the same about it now as well. And people who didn't go home last year, they probably just think, well, it is what it is. We've gotten to a certain point where we know COVID's gonna be around for a while, and whatever yeah I'll, I'll, i will get a booster job actually i haven't even looked into it but i would like the booster shot um i haven't looked into it either to be fair hmm. i don't think it's not it's very much optional obviously the first vaccines are optional as well but obviously but there was a big push for everyone to have the those two doses of vaccine but with yeah. the booster i think it's a case that it's like oh, oh if you would like there is a booster as well so I'm, I'll yeah look into it because i want to be as protected as possible yeah but um, yeah, I think that's it. So, well, thanks for listening, everyone. We are Black Boy Joint Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Boy Joint Pod and on Twitter at BLK Boy Joint Pod. I don't know if that's right or not, Ainsley. Um... Yeah, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but thanks everyone for listening. Until next time. Ooh.